0: hey everyone welcome to locked on lakers for wednesday brian kamenetsky andy kamenetsky anthony davis is eligible for an extension starting in august are we 100 sure the lakers are going to give it to him that's next you are locked on lakers your daily los angeles lakers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over 17,000 subscribers to that channel, uh, all of whom are looking forward to a very busy off offseason uh, filled with the types of things, Andy, that we'll be talking about. Uh, as you can see on the on the on the board there to the right there, um, you know, we get into Ma- Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba. The long promised Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba segment, <laughs> which we just haven't been able to get to, um, and uh, it's going to have to wait because we have to talk about Anthony Davis and questions about his extension. And we'll do that, Andy, as soon as we let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA. For $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, also, uh, more evidence that Austin Reeves has officially made it. That will be coming up in the show. Uh, but, Andy, the, the the big question that was uh, interesting, some chatter about Anthony Davis. Uh, he is eligible for a three-year, $167 million extension from the Lakers uh, in August. The Lakers could make that offer. Um And there is not unanimity as to whether or not the Lakers will leap at the opportunity to give it to
1: him. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, conflicting. I don't know if you'd call them reports, um, opinions, sense on it or whatever. But one coming from Dave McMenamin uh, covers the Lakers for ESPN, friend of the show. He was on ESPN LA 710 with Sedano and uh, Scott Kaplan and was talking about this extension said quote certainly the Lakers thinking ever since they acquired Anthony Davis is that it's an Anthony Davis LeBron James combo deal with LeBron James only under contract for sure for another year with a player option the following year and with him openly contemplating retirement at this stage of his career as great as Anthony Davis is and I really think he's a great player I think he reproved himself to a lot of people outside in the basketball world and inside the building in El Segundo with his efforts this year especially coming back from his foot injury but you don't just do it. You play out the year with him. You see where things stand with him and LeBron. Obviously, you risk the second year he has left. He can opt out and leave as a free agent. But listen, I've said this many times. The best thing about the Lakers trade for Dwight Howard was not re-signing Andrew Bynum to a long-term deal and not getting anything out of it. You hope Anthony Davis stays healthy and you get the best out of him next year. I don't think they're going to be in a position to be interested in a long-term extension for him this summer. But then, Brian Windhorst um, also covers everything NBA for ESPN was, I believe on get up, but one of the main programs at ESPN and said about Anthony Davis quote, they don't want him messing with free agency in 2024. That's a primary off season thing for the Lakers get Anthony Davis locked down even past when LeBron James is signed for.
0: It's a really interesting thing. Like, it was funny to me that Dave brought up the Bynum thing because back when we were doing this for the LA Times and, and ESPN, we covered, we were on the beat, you know, when this was happening, when you know the Andrew Bynum for Dwight Howard, you know, that turned into a was it a three-way deal or a four-way deal? I don't remember. A four-way
1: deal, 4 um, um, involving right. Denver, Philadelphia, and Orlando. Right. By uh, the way, we were covering the team with Dave McMenamin.
0: That's right. Um, what was interesting about that too is that I. That was my biggest thing. Is I, I was always saying it's like good trade, bad trade. I, I do not want to be the human being in this case, Mitch Kupchak, who has to give Andrew Bynum a long-term deal because if you don't trade him, you got to keep, you got to, you know, you got to sign him. And that was a terrifying prospect. And as we all saw, you know, he got a big money deal and really never played. And so I don't think Anthony Davis is Andrew Bynum. He's first of all, he's a better player. Second of all, he's not that he's not an Andrew Bynum level injury risk, but the kind of the principle around it is you know do you want to be committed to Anthony Davis for fifty five million dollars a year fifty five plus actually is what that would be um, as he gets into his thirties you know with his injury history and with that you know with the prospect that LeBron might not be there. Um, I know you were you know, kind of questioning some of this stuff earlier in the week, um, even to whether or not you'd consider trading LeBron. So when you see these kind of conflicting things, what is your thought about an extension automatically in August for AD $167 million
1: three years? I mean, first of all, the, the immediate thing that comes to my mind when you broke down the yearly is, I don't know if I want anybody into <laughs> that contract. Isn't like, that funny? Yeah. I mean, other than maybe like, this age of Jokic, this age of Luca. I mean, like there, there are very few players, if any, that I think that I feel comfortable with at like a 50-something million dollar yearly. Mm-hmm. Like, forget Anthony Davis. I don't care who like again, it could be Jokic. I'd still be like, ooh. Especially, <laughs>
0: especially in the world My. we're moving, but especially in the world we're moving into with the, you know. The, the, the aprons and the second aprons and the major tax penalties and all that's It's like part of the reason that the Kyrie and LeBron thing is just ludicrous um, in Dallas, especially, is like the idea that Kyrie wants to get paid. LeBron's going to come in with like, you know, his $47 million or whatever. Like they would have three players to take up their entire salary cap. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, 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 is, is, it is absurd. But you're right. $55 million for any player is terrifying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also it it underscores too the idea that if LeBron plays out the final two years of his contract and wants to keep playing in the NBA for the Lakers in his early 40s at that point on a new deal, it can't be a max deal like you simply cannot do that. Just as a side note, I don't I don't care who LeBron is and what he means to the league and all of that stuff. And even if he's still playing at a a fairly high or even like astonishingly high level, given the context, you simply cannot do it. But what I find really interesting, though, the idea of Dave mentioning LeBron and AD being seen as a package, Mm -hmm. certainly when they were acquired and LeBron and Anthony Davis worked very aggressively and openly in concert to make this team up happen right but there had always been the idea the main goal that eventually this would be seen as anthony davis's team right lebron moves on and anthony davis is your star right i was going to say while lebron is on the team we've talked about this before much less when lebron eventually retires but at the same time we've talked about the evidence that anthony davis can be that true number one that's built around, if nothing else, consistently on a game-in, game-out basis, offensively, in the way you often think about those guys, as great of a score as Anthony Davis can be, he hasn't shown it. And then you factor in the injury concerns that are only going to become scarier as he gets mm. older. It, it makes you wonder how how comfortable the organization is with an Anthony Davis future, but at the same time, if it's not going to be Anthony Davis, you wonder who it is because right. how many players are better than him?
0: That's that's what makes this problematic. Like when you were talking about entertaining trades for LeBron, um, you know, you get the 10th pick, you get... The, the 10th pick is the reason to me that, sure, that I'm like, LeBron isn't his The career. best deal Dallas could probably offer would include the 10th pick, like another draft pick in... Three or four years, whenever it is, they have one that they can trade, and, and they're you know, young. They're guys. two young players, and 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 Green and and Hardy and Maxi Kleba and whatever you know filler you can come up with. Um, it's not enough for me, but because my my feeling is like while you have these guys, you cannot possibly do better. Sure, um, like you're not going to be able to trade LeBron for a better player. You're not going to be able to trade Anthony Davis for a better player. If you trade one of those dudes. It is almost guaranteed that you're going to be worse, even with all the risks that you're taking. The question is, and we'll we'll do this after the break, how long do you want to push the timeline out? Like, you've got two years with LeBron. Do you want to try? Presumably. Presumably you have two years with LeBron. Would you want to try, if you could, would you want to try to line those things up? And I'm not sure you'd be able to do it, which might just leave you with one year of each of those guys. Is that a better place for the Lakers to be rather than having the certainty of having a star under contract for presumably when LeBron is gone? So we'll do that next.
1: Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, some friends of mine and I went to go see LL Cool J in LA, really last minute scrambling to find tickets we ended up going to a scalper tickets were fake we managed to get into the concert but after that i'm like won't do that again because you should be having fun anticipating event it shouldn't be stressful and that's why i love game time the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy shows and theater near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for fun. The game time guarantee means you'll always have the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason Buy two tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps tickets go directly to your phone and you're set. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: So tell me if I'm missing this, if, I, if I'm doing the math wrong here. Um, AD has next year on his contract. Yes. After that, he becomes a free agent. No, it's a well, he it's could be. It's a player. Could option. Be. He has the option of becoming a free
1: agent. Right. He and LeBron are both potentially lined up. Through the 24-25 season, both of them have player options. Right. Thank you. That th- that is correct.
0: Um, as opposed to the way I described it, which is incorrect. That would be the that that's mm-hmm. ideal. At least it seems ideal to me. Where do you come down on that? Like, would you risk ending up in a situation where both of those guys could walk? You know, you have a bad season, you know, whatever it might be. And you end up kind of holding the bag with no stars and you haven't been able to make a trade or whatever it might be. Are you trading from a a point of disadvantage or do you feel confident enough in Anthony Davis that you would want to just say, you know, August is here. We're not going to do better than Anthony Davis. Any comparable player is going to cost 50 something million dollars. Let's get this done.
1: I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I don't know if Anthony Davis can be the true focal point of a team in the way stars are traditionally defined. He absolutely can be your elite defensive force in a superstar. And and he's proven that I think without a shadow of a doubt, assuming health doesn't become a thing. Anthony Davis is that much of a game changer defensively Mm offensively. Offensively, a lot of we've talked about this before a lot of the questions with Anthony Davis are in certain respects specific to being teamed up with LeBron because Mm -hmm. LeBron needs more help now than he did you know when the Lakers first acquired him much less earlier in his career you know Anthony Davis averaged 26 points per game in the regular season about 23 in the playoffs you know there were lulls at times for sure but if LeBron was still in his prime, you would be describing Anthony Davis as unfair to the rest of the league as his, you know, Paul Gasol, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. Kobe. A lot of this is, again, specific to LeBron. If LeBron left and you brought in a superstar level scorer that was young enough that you don't have to worry about his availability or the load that you're putting on him. Everything with Anthony Davis would be perfect, in all honesty. So it starts getting to that question of, who do you think you can replace LeBron with? Is it somebody that is as good as Anthony Davis? Um, maybe not as good, but a more reliable scorer? What, those details
0: matter. Or two, Andy, what... Let's say LeBron goes, you're unable to find, you know, LeBron retires. I'm not even talking about he goes, plays another team, everything. It's just two years from now. He's like, you know what? I've had enough. You know, next year, Bronny plays at USC. Two years, uh, Bronny makes the pros. They play together for one season. LeBron is old at that point, um, and he's had enough. Even if you can't replace him, the other question that becomes really important here to ask would be like, how confident are you that if you needed to Reset like genuinely reset that you could turn Anthony Davis into value. Like th- you mentioned in the first segment, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot with the new CBA. Like we've seen coaches, for example, um, whether it's paying for a head coach like Monty Williams in Detroit, like a massive number that's the that biggest they,
1: coaching contract ever,
0: I believe. Right. Frank Vogel didn't get that. Contract from Phoenix, but Phoenix has then turned around and paid two assistant coaches really big money to fill out that bench. And I, you know, I, I feel like the way the cap is starting to, like teams are going to be trying to find these places where they can get real advantage. Um, another one that I've been thinking about though, and this was prompted by the Jalen Brown Supermax stuff, you know, Jalen Brown, if people missed it, he made all NBA second team. And he's eligible now for a 295 million dollar supermax contract, which puts his salary into like the 60 million dollar year range, something <laughs> just insane. Um, it's crazy. So I wonder, like, is are we are we a hundred percent sure that a team when Anthony Davis, with all these new restrictions, with a that when Anthony Davis, if the Lakers let him get to a walk year, and Davis says, "You know what, I'm going to opt out, and I'm going to either test the market or make the Lakers re-sign me to a bigger deal," are we 100% sure that whether it's Anthony Davis or any star getting into his 30s, particularly one with an injury history, that he's going to get that max deal? Because I am not.
1: Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know because, you know, we saw. I know it's not apples to apples because he was, a, I think, a little bit younger when this happened. But you know, Kevin Durant ended up getting a max off a torn Achilles, and I know people different will say,
0: CBA oh, and different player.
1: Sure, different CBA and different player, but you know, people treated this as you know it's Kevin Durant. He he's he's been fairly durable over most of his career. You know he's the type of player that should be able to age into this, and the truth is, Kevin Durant, when he plays, is very good, but he has suffered a lot of injuries since then, and he's somebody now that you really do have to think about as I don't if not an injury waiting to happen, certainly an injury risk. He's a fifty to sixty game a year right player now. On one hand, you've seen this play out with Kevin Durant. On the other hand, if Kevin Durant right now became a free agent, I have a feeling that he could get like a $60 million a year deal. And
0: that's what's it. I th- th- there's always something like I think ultimately what I would I think was probably the best route for the Lakers because I think if he signs the extension, Lakers give him a three year extension. Does that that kicks in after you know all like after his player option and all that stuff
1: is over, or does that just tack on to? It would, it would depend on whether or not he opted. I don't know. And I'm saying I don't know the mechanics exactly of how this would work, but it would depend on if he opted out of his contract to sign some type of new deal or if it's an extension onto the right. final year of his you deal. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I,
0: I, yes. I'd be willing to take Anthony Davis like two years past when I think, or a year or two back you know, into his age 33 because he's going to turn 31 this year. Like I feel like I'd be comfortable taking Anthony Davis into his like 33 season, knowing that you might have to bite the bullet there at the end. I'd be really uncomfortable taking him up to 34, 35. I I would want to see next season, and I I'm I think I'm more in the Dave camp. If I if I have to like if I I don't know if I'd want to be on the hook for AD right now for five seasons. I mean, it just seems again, uh, but.
1: I, and I don't want to go back down this rabbit hole again, but this gets back to what I was talking about, where if the 10th pick was on the table in a theoretical LeBron mm-hmm. trade with Dallas, that will never happen. This is why you have to at least think about it. I guess. It's just I, because I, you might end, you right. might potentially end up with both of them out the door anyway. Again, I'm oh, not well, looking to go, I'm not looking to relitigate this. No, I understand.
0: Too. I understand. Um, um, what well, it does
1: speak to though, really quickly is the importance of, some of the guys that they're looking to retain really becoming good, like, yep. say, uh, well, not just those guys, new star magnet, starlet magnet, perhaps, Austin Reeves. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- <laughs> this is so great. Uh, Taylor Swift, for people unaware, recently broke up with her extremely pop- problematic Boyfriend, the singer of the band, the 1975s. By the way, when you say
0: for people who are unaware, that includes
1: me. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I I, I was unaware. I think his name is Matt Healy, whatever. But this led to uh, a Twitter account at Refrigerator LAL putting out a joke following her breakup. Taylor Swift was reportedly seen in an Arkansas bar this weekend with star Laker basketball player Austin Reeves. This got picked up. By a bunch of different places and actually treated as a thing. Right. That, you know, we, we did some digging on this and found the origin of this. And it really was. By digging,
0: I mean, we asked a friend of ours who knows, who's sure. both deep into the Austin Reeves and Taylor Swift business. Right, exactly. She, she clarified
1: for us. Right. Um, <laughs> and it was funny, if you if you look at this uh, picture we have up right now of, of this tweet, Austin Reeves's brother reacted to it with, Six crying emojis, but between this, like the ability for Austin Reeves to even be linked to Taylor Swift with people actually running with it, and his new lemondaddy.com <laughs> billboard that is real, this is yes. 100% real. I have driven past it. This is actually a picture of it that I took right now. They tell you don't pull up in a lemon, go to lemondaddy.com, and there's a Picture of Austin Reeves in a sleeveless shirt showing off a golfing tan uh, with his basketball between being linked to, to uh, Taylor Swift and his lemondaddy.com money, letting you know Austin Reeves is considered a riser. Oh, no, he, he
0: you have, look, there's, there is, there's is nothing that could compete with an undrafted free agent to dating Taylor Swift in two years. Like that would be, that would be a world record. Just a world in world record, and what, Brian? No, just a world record. It's just a world record. Like nothing could ever be more impressive than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that far behind to uh, being um, undrafted free agent to linked to in a linked in a joke to to Taylor Swift like yes. that. That's still pretty good. And so kudos to you, um, Austin Reeves. Andy, we have we owe the people. Uh, by the way, I, I don't think, I suspect he agreed to the Lemon Daddy deal before the playoffs. I feel like that was, I think like post the, the playoffs this year, he might not have done that. All right, so Andy, we owe the people some uh, Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba talk. Uh, they've been waiting and we'll get to that next. If the Lakers are going to make a trade, um, there's obviously the D'Angelo Russell thing that th- that's out there that they could do, um, but that is tricky because it involved would have to be a sign-in trade, and that is just hard to do. It, you know The the cap rules around that and what it triggers are complex, but then there's just the basic, you need a team that wants to sign D'Angelo Russell and then also has stuff that you want in return. So it's just sign-in trades are really complicated. Um, and so that makes Russell a, a difficult trade chip. The ones that they actually control more are Malik Beasley, um, who has a team option for the Lakers at about almost 17 million next year, and Mobamba, who has a team option at I think it's 10 and a half close to eleven.
1: Well, it's not a team option. It's either oh, I'm
0: sorry, it's a partial guarantee. Right. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah, it turns out I I have not I've seen conflicting reports on this, but it is either $10.3 million that is either guaranteed or not guaranteed at, I believe, June 29th. Or it's a $10.3 million deal where he gets 300000 no matter what. Right. So- by, but it, it that's, that is the deal on it. it. It is either fully guaranteed or not fully guaranteed, as opposed to a team option, which, as we will explain, matters a lot.
0: Right. So with Malik Beasley, because he has a team option, the Lakers... If the Lakers want to trade Beasley, they have to pick up the option first. Yes. And so what they can't do, and this is something that that factors in really big, because what they cannot do is trade Beasley to another team, and then that team would be like, we're going to decline the option and save that money, have that money come off our cap. So Malik Beasley only has a year left. So, I mean, he will be an expiring contract, but he can't save teams money right away. And so packaging Bamba and Beasley together offers potentially some savings on Bamba, but not on Beasley. Right. So and, and this that is important. Works, that frames what kind of trades might be out there for
1: those two. Yeah. I mean, you could theoretically send $27 million in salary to the Lakers, take back Bamba and Uh, Malik Beasley and save $10 million of against the 27 you sent out, but you're still left with Malik Beasley's $16.5 million. So this is important to clarify because we've seen a lot of suggestions, whether on Twitter at Cam Brothers or in the the Lockdown Lakers YouTube Mm comment section of people suggesting trading out Bamba and Beasley to other teams that want to get $27 million off their books And that's not the way this will work. Now, you could theoretically send out around $15 million to another team if you wanted to send out Bamba and Jared Vanderbilt. Because Jared Vanderbilt's contract, same type of setup as Mo Bamba's, it's about $4.5 million, which this is confirmed. Only about $300,000 is guaranteed. Guaranteed. I believe it's the June 29th date. That, however... I think is unlikely because Jared Vanderbilt is such a bargain in terms of the utility he provides defensively at that price. I would be very surprised if the Lakers, unless unless it involves getting someone that they really think will help them, I would be surprised if they did that. It's, so it's really about ten million dollars of potential, right? So you go,
0: you you have to find teams that you know more than likely you're looking for teams that have at least some interest in those players, or the Lakers having to add as they did at the trade deadline draft picks, whether that's the seventeenth pick in this year's draft, whether it's future draft picks,
1: or take um, on long-term money, right? In the some ca-
0: some kind of sweetener, or you're taking on contracts that other teams don't want. What I what i think is likely to happen and i think where the lakers are really going to scour it's not in the star realm to go with lebron james and anthony davis i think what they're going to try to do is look for that second tier player second tier third tier guy you know the buddy healed type player um you know like if you're trading out malik beasley You you got to bring some shooting back, particularly if you're not dedicated to bringing Russell back. Like if you're if you're gonna let Russell go and Beasley go, like you're back to having very little volume shooting other than LeBron, um, and I guess maybe Austin Reeves, but that you just like the shooting is an issue, and the Lakers have to address it. So, you know, would Buddy Heald be kind of an upgrade there? Yes, absolutely. Um, So, you know, could you get Buddy Heald? who I think is a realistic target to be moved this offseason because he's on the bench now in Indiana. This is much different than, say, go get Miles Turner, um, who fits much more with what they're doing. They just signed him to a long deal. They seem to really like him. He's coming off a great season. Maybe the Lakers can put together enough draft picks together, but I don't see it. Heel, though, is a little bit more superfluous to what they're doing over there. Maybe that kind of trade gets, but that's the, that's the tier of player that I think the Lakers should be looking at, whether it's if they move Russell or if they're moving Bamba and 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 Beasley together or
1: something, to to take on a big contract back.
0: That's where I would look. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just it, it was important to us as much as we kept getting sidetracked by other news that were that was more like trenchant um, in terms of it just happening or just more hilarious. But we we we've seen enough people bringing this up as a possibility for the Lakers, the idea of turning Beasley and Bamba into $27 million of expiring or not even expiring $27 million of immediate cap savings. And that's not, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that either one of them can't be uh, used in some type of trade value individually or even together. It's just not the way I think a lot of people have thought about this. And look, I'll be honest. Until a couple, you know, a few days ago, I was not entirely sure about the mechanics of trading Malik Beasley.
0: Um, yeah, I will say this. If they can't, we'll, we'll quit here. Because, uh, you know, as we, it's a, just a frame. The, the next question becomes, if you can't trade Beasley, and I'm not sure how big the market's going to be if another team doesn't have the following option available to them. If you can't trade Beasley, I would seriously consider. I realize he played himself out of the rotation. He did not shoot the ball well at all. He's the only guy that they traded for who had virtually no good moments as a Laker. I'm excusing Mo Bamba, who was just hurt the whole time. Beasley played pretty poorly from the moment he got here. A couple decent games, but that's about it. He I
1: would seriously early.
0: Yeah, I would decline the team option and then try to re-sign him at a lower deal um, because he does have a track record and he does fill a need and a role, particularly in the regular season as a, as a floor spacer and as a, as a high-volume three-point shooter who has had some success. And those guys are not easy necessarily to find around the league. So that's a subject that we can get into on another show. We will also get into this whole question of Dennis Schroeder and whether or not he will be able to return. It's like being a weatherman, Andy, in TV. You have to go backwards from where you're doing uh, to make these things work. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and hang out with uh, everyone. Please, please, please leave us questions. Leave us comments. We want to use them on the show. Uh, the opportunity is there for a mailbag type thing basically every day throughout the off season, or at least most of them. Uh, let us know some people that you would love to see on the show. We've got a couple people in mind um, for draft previews that we're going to do. We'll try to do some scouting reports like we've done in years past when the Lakers have actually had picks um, and all that. But let us give us some names. Let us know who you want to see on the show because we'd love to have uh, good guests and bring those to you. Uh, all right, and that's that's it. We will see everybody on Thursday.